Welcome to the audio podcast, the weekly sermon of the First Presbyterian Church of Brooklyn. We continue our multi-access worship both online and our recently renovated sanctuary. Sunday morning service is in person at 11 a.m. and we are live on firstchurchbrooklyn.org as well as the church Facebook page at facebook.com slash firstchurchbrooklyn. All one word, no spaces. Now, this week's message. My sermon title for today is, Will We Wait to Hear God's Song? Will We Wait to Hear God's Song? It's about being patient, and it's about song and singing. In the tradition of this church and many churches, let us begin with a uh, brief prayer. Dear God, with whom we are not always patient. Help us to wait for you and help us to hear the songs that you put in our heads and in our hearts. And may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts, both here and in the virtual space, be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer, amen. So I have one, one, one question for now, maybe others later, but I want to ask a, a, a quick question. How many, how many of y'all um, who are here are watching virtually like music? You like, like music? I think it's almost, it's almost maybe unanimous. I think it's unanimous. My glasses are off. I can't see. But I think it's unanimous. And, um, you know, for me, listening to music and singing can actually be a very spiritual exercise. Some of you were here a few weeks ago and you heard Monique Walters give a sermon. I had never seen Monique Walters. She was unbelievable. And she reminded us, uh, or told us, but I was reminded, that, that music is a form of prayer. Music is a form of prayer. Some of us may not always be that good at the prayer part, but if you say that music is a part, and I'm, I'm one of them, but if you say music is a part of prayer, then it counts. I'm fine with prayer, but it's not my, not my thing. I'm a music guy. All right, sorry. Um, sorry, Mom and Dad, it's, it's all good. Um, music can really center us. It can renew us. It can give us joy. It can comfort us. And yes, it can really connect us in a deep way to our pain, our sorrow, and our grief. Music, my friends, can help us all in times of struggle, personal struggle. Amen? Amen. Now, I also believe, because I think it's happened to me, that music can bring us closer to God. I want to ask another question. Have you ever heard a song, or you heard a piece of music, if it's not a vocal piece, and you said to yourself, wow, that song, you know, those lyrics that melody, that composition that I just heard or that I'm hearing speaks directly to something I'm dealing with right now. And maybe you say to yourself, did God put that song in my head and in my heart? I believe the answer is yes. Sometimes God puts the music in our heads and in our hearts. Do you believe that? Yes. I want to give you a few brief examples. I've been here many, many times. I've been here We've been here for 19 years, Joyce and me. I've been here many times. 
on a Sunday when the choir belted out the song they just sang, which is not what's printed in the bulletin. It's called The Storm, the Storm is Passing Over. It's probably one of my top five of this choir. It's unbelievable. And sometimes, as I was sitting in the pew, usually in the back there because we were late, I would be more focused on the line that says, for the night is dark, and I am far from home. Because I was not dealing with, I was dealing with somebody, something a little difficult at that time, but then other times, maybe even shortly thereafter, maybe even within months, they'd sing it again. And I'd be much more focused on the very next line of the very same song, which says, Thanks be to God, the morning light appears. Because I'd gotten through that period. And so I say to you, in times of darkness and in times of light, that song has spoken to me. It's, 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 the, it's two lines in the same song right next to each other. I think for those in this church who have heard it before, it's spoken to them as well. How about the song... Um, which I think most of you know. I think it's probably fair to say that everyone knows it. Maybe not, not, not the younger set, but how about the song, and I'm not the younger set anymore, how about the song Bridge Over Troubled Water by Simon and Garfunkel? Yes. You know that one? All right. Now, by the way, there's a very good version by Aretha Franklin. Let's put that out there. I mean, it might rival the original. But how about that song? When you're feeling weary, excuse me, when you're weary, feeling small, when tears are in your eyes, I will dry them all. I had that song on repeat, on repeat in the early days of the pandemic, in my headphones as I was taking a walk on the Upper East Side. Has that song been there for you when you needed it? And then I want to tell you there's, there are the many times in my life when I've been moved, sometimes to tears, by the music of the band U2. Yes. <laughs> I guess I'm not alone. Uh, and for those of you who may not know them that well, I mean, we all probably know them a little bit, they're a very spiritual group. They really are. I want to tell you something which I didn't know until recently, although my mom, my mom told it to me, and I also looked it up. It, anyway, here, here's, here's something you may not have known. Churches, I think all over the country, will do communion services, and they're accompanied by U2 songs. And, and, and guess what they're called? They call it Eutucharist. <laughs> it's funny, but it's true. It is true. You've got to look it up on Wikipedia or something. My mom, my mom also told me, so it must be true. Because I think she went to one. And she's not exactly a U2 fan, but she loved it. So here's a song that some of you may know and many of you may not know. But it's a deeply spiritual song. I'm going to read it in a minute. It's a song that's called 40. If you're guessing correctly, it's not that complicated. It's based on the, the psalm that Marta just read so beautifully. The first three lyrics, um, excuse me, the first three verses is, is what it's based on. And this is really one of my uh, all-time favorites when it comes to a U2 song. So I'm going to read the lyrics. I'm not going to sing it. I'm going to read it. And if you know it, you'll be able to hum along or whatever. You don't have to hum, but anyway, it goes like this. It's very similar to what Marta just read. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined and heard my cry. He lifted me up out of the pit, out of the miry clay. I will sing, 
sing a new song. I will sing, sing a new song. How long to sing this song? How long to sing this song? How long, how long, how long, how long to sing this song? Then we have the second verse. He set my, foot upon a, my feet upon a rock and made my footsteps firm. Many will see, many will see in fear. And then the chorus repeats, I will sing, sing a new song. Excuse me. And then Bono says, how long to sing this song? And he repeats himself. It's pretty magical. If you get a chance, take a listen at some point. I want to use that psalm, excuse me, the Psalm 40 and, 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 the, and the U2 lyrics to the song 40 to ask the question and, and have you think with me, will we wait to hear God's song? And being the son of two ministers, not just one, I know something about having a sermon in three parts. So there's going to be three parts to this. I promise it won't be too long. Um, the first, I'm going to talk about three parts that, that struck me in the psalm. The first is the very opening line. It says, I waited patiently for the Lord. Now, I've got to tell you, I find this part pretty, pretty hard. Because <laughs> if you know me, and, and Joyce knows me best, waiting patiently has never been a strong suit of mine. And I suspect it's kind of difficult for a lot of us. And if you were coming to this uh, uh, lesson that I've just introduced you to and said to yourself, oh, John's going to talk about how we can overcome our impatience, that is not what I'm going to do. Because I don't think I can do that today at age 54. I just can't do it. I'm not there yet. But I want to ask you a different question, slightly different question, which is along uh, the lines of, of, of the text. Because the text says, I waited patiently for the Lord. I didn't wait patiently for the traffic. I waited patiently for the Lord. So what does that mean? What does waiting for the Lord entail? Is that somehow a different kind of waiting? Is waiting for the Lord different from all that other waiting we do? And all that other waiting, let's, let's be clear, is hard, aggravating, annoying, stress-producing, anxiety-producing, and, and just discouraging sometimes. So how might this waiting for the Lord be somehow different? Well, let's look at a few other passages in the Bible that talk about waiting. How about Micah 7, verse 7? It says, I watch in hope for the Lord. I wait for God, my Savior. Hebrews 4, verse 16. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. And lastly, I got to tell you, this is one of my all-time favorites. Isaiah 40, verse 31. Some of you will know this by heart. Those who wait for the Lord, those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. What these passages and others tell us, I, I submit to you, is that waiting for the Lord is different. It's an intentional kind of waiting. It's a hopeful waiting. It's a waiting I believe we should approach with some confidence and a waiting that gives, and a waiting that gives us strength. Waiting for the Lord 
is different than all that other waiting we do every day, which is stressful and annoying and discouraging. I submit to you that when we wait for the Lord, we should strive to be hopeful. So we should, in short, wait hopefully. Why? Because we know God will come to us. And how do we know that? Because I submit to you that God has come to us before and God will come to us again and again. And I also tell you, I think we need to be on the lookout and pay attention to the times when God might appear to us in a form like music or something else. Because that might not be obvious, but you want to think about it as you go about your days. And so this is my first lesson, if you will. Uh, I'm not, a, I'm not a biblical scholar, but it's my first lesson. To wait patiently for God is to wait hopefully for God. And that brings me to the second part of my thoughts on Psalm 40. The psalmist tells us very clearly, it's, it's, in, the, it's, in, the, it's in the text, I think it's in every one of the versions I read in my home study, which was not extensive, but was reasonably you know, detailed. Um, I'm, a, I'm a researcher in, you know, at heart, um, and I looked up a, a lot of the versions, and I think it's the same everywhere. You know, he's, the, 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 the Bible says, the psalmist says that God inclines to us, and here's our cry. So I said to myself, this word incline is very interesting. And I looked that up, too. Now, one definition of incline is to, is to bend or lean toward. What the psalmist, I think, is saying is that God leans toward each of us. When we are down, each of us, when we are in the pit or miry clay, God leans toward us. How incredible is that? This is a busy God. As far as I can tell, there's a lot of things in the world going on that God has to deal with, but with all the stuff that God has to do, God will lean toward each of us. Now, let's be clear. Sometimes it may take a little while for us to notice or for us to recognize that God is inclining or leaning toward us. Maybe we think God is inclining or leaning toward somebody else, but perhaps not us. And there were a lot of times we've all, I think, can agree, maybe. I suspect we all could agree. There are a lot of times during the pandemic when I was feeling not so great. I was feeling down. I was feeling isolated and disconnected, even from this very church, which I had been a member of for a long time. And I must tell you that I wasn't all that sure during those long days that God was inclining to me all the time. But I want to tell you a quick story. I took a walk in December 2021. I think the church was not yet open. I think it was still the lockdown. If the church was open, it was very, very, um, it was a very small crowd. And I, I, we weren't coming in yet. So I took a walk to and I listened to the sermon by our former pastor, Reverend Adrian Thorne. Some of you may remember this. Uh, she preached about joy. She preached about joy. She said a bunch of things. I'm not going to tell you all of them. I'm not even going to do justice to what she said. But she said we need to fill up on what is soul-nurturing. I believe I took that directly from what she said when I listened to this. Fill up on what is soul-nurturing. She said joy is not meant to be a crumb. It's not meant to be a crumb. 
And she said, when it comes to joy, God doesn't want us to be hungry anymore. I said to myself, wow, that's all from me. And I must tell you, it, it affected me in a deep way. And that doesn't always happen. And I thought to myself, I've got a lot of joy. And I've got to get back to be more active in this church. So I believe God inclined to me then through Reverend Adrian's really incredible sermon. When has God inclined to you? When have you felt God might be leaning toward you? And um, maybe most importantly, when will God incline to you again? So the second message of the Psalm 40 is that God will incline to all of us, maybe not quite as soon as we would like, and maybe not when we expect God to. You know, I'm going to briefly touch on the other passage from today. This is not a scripture, this is not a sermon about doubting Thomases, but let's be clear, I will certainly count myself among the doubting Thomases. Are you a doubting Thomas, amen, occasionally? Amen. Okay. We're all doubting Thomases at times. I respect that view, but let's try not to doubt for too long because um, the passage says it. Blessed are those who believe even though they didn't see. Something like that. So, so the bottom line on this second part is God is going to incline to us. He's going to lean to us and he's going to hear our cry. Now, I'm sorry, I said he. I'm not a big one for he with God. God is God. I didn't mean it that way. Now, here's the third message. In my view, and I'm really just focused on the first three um, verses. I didn't really want to get into all the burnt offering stuff because that's a little complicated for me. <laughs> but, just, yeah. Plus, the first three verses are what Bono sang. So, anyway, I wanted to focus on um, this third part. I think it's the most powerful part of the psalm. I think it's among the most powerful scriptures that, that I think I've read. Uh, the psalm says God will put a new song in our mouth, a song of praise to our God. Now, for those of you who know me pretty well, I'm not a singer. I'm pretty remarkably tone deaf. I don't even want to hear myself. And I know Joyce doesn't want to hear me either. Um, but, I, but I do love music. I occasionally will sing in the apartment, but it's not really all that great. But I love music. And I need new songs of praise. And I need them so I can sing them or hum them to myself, and they go through my head. I need those new songs to renew me, to fill my soul, and to heal me. Do you need new songs of praise that you can sing out if you're a singer like these remarkable people in the choir? Or that you can hum to yourself if you're, like, if you're like me and you're a little tone deaf. Do you need new songs? I think we all need new songs from time to time. And I believe we need these new songs of praise continually. Not every moment of every day, but through, through a very long time. Let's be clear, this is not in the scripture, but Bono is a prophet, in my opinion, and he wrote or somebody wrote in the, in the band, how long to sing this song? How long to sing this song? And they keep on repeating it. And what about that question? It's not in the, it's not in the text. You won't see it there. 
But the question I had is, how long do you and I need to sing these new songs of praise that God gives us? I believe we need them, new songs of praise, for as long as we live. Now, I'm, I'm getting close to the end, but I, I, I want to I tell you in a minute about a, about a, a thing we're going to do at the end of the sermon. But um, there was a time that God definitely put a new song of praise in my head and in my heart. And it came in the form of a YouTube video that I saw in May of 2020. And I'm going to close the sermon in about three minutes, give or take. Um, and there's not going to be a formal call to offering, but I want to make clear that I am the co-chair of stewardship, so we, we, we would love your gifts. <laughs> we would love your gifts. But there's not going to be a formal call to offering. Um, instead, the ushers are just going to come forward when, when the tech team in the back plays this YouTube video. If the ushers could actually move or begin to move toward the back now, that would be awesome because then we can uh, uh, save a little time. I'm going to walk down and be with you all because it's a little high up here. I, um, I'm an attorney. We, we don't usually get to, to get to go up, up places up here. We get to be um, the judge gets to be up here. I'll be right. I'll be right back. <laughs> All right. So the auction are in place. Thank you, um, folks. Um, the YouTube you're going to see in a minute. Some of you may have seen before. Some of you may have seen this before. Um, it came out, at least to my best recollection, on Mother's Day of 2020. And you all will recall, especially those who live in the city, but really all around the country, that this was a very, very tough time. It was an exceedingly tough time. It was unprecedented. The COVID case count was high, the death count was high, and isolation was taking its toll. And that morning, I got up. I don't know whether I saw this before a walk or after a walk, but I saw that Matt Pod, where is Matt? Our lead instrumentalist and music arranger, that's his title, I looked it up. <laughs> Together with his brother Adam Pod, had gathered more than 140 people. When you see the video, you'll recognize some of them. They were members of our choir. They were members of two other choirs in Brooklyn, and some of them were just other friends of, of the musicians. And they gave us all the gift of a song that I had never before heard. They gave us their rendition of an old hymn, which is famous, but I hadn't heard it before, called How Can I Keep From Singing? And it starts like this. My life goes on in endless song, above earth's lamentations. I hear the real, though far off him, that hails a new creation. No storm can shake my inmost calm while to that rock I'm clinging. Since love prevails in heaven, and earth, how can I keep from singing? It repeats itself. And that was, folks, the, the new song of praise that God put in my mind, my head and my heart on that May 2020 morning. I've listened to it many, many times since. That morning when I listened to it, I put my head in my hands 
and I wept. And whatever uh, you, you decide to do with it, I want you to listen to it and let it fill your spirit. So I want to ask you all, I have, several, I have a bunch of other questions um, to think through, not, 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 not to talk about, you can go home with it. Uh, I want to ask, do you all need a new, do we all need a new song of praise? I definitely do. And will we need a new song of praise in the future? I know I will. And will God come to us with new songs of praise? If we believe, then we must know that God will do so. So friends, when you're dealing with issues of personal struggle, grief, loneliness, sadness, anxiety, depression, you name it, you can always just open up your Bible to Psalm 40. You could also turn on you too. And in that psalm, you will see a promise, the promise that when we wait patiently, when we wait hopefully for God, we will in, God will incline to us and God will put in our mouths a new song of praise. In closing, my dear friends, here and on the virtual space, I have three questions I want to leave with you. First, will we wait for God? Second, will we be patient and wait hopefully knowing that it may take a while for us to recognize when God inclines to us. And third, when God does put a new song of praise in our hearts, folks, will we rejoice knowing that we simply cannot keep from singing? Amen? Thank you for listening to this week's message. We trust you were fed as well as challenged by the content. This audio archive supplements a video library of the entire service. The video, along with music from our internationally recognized gospel choir, is available on firstchurchbrooklyn.org. We provide multi-access worship options both in person and online Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. We are live in the sanctuary as well as firstchurchbrooklyn.org and the church Facebook page at facebook.com slash firstchurchbrooklyn. All one word, no spaces. Visit firstchurchbrooklyn.org for more information on both online and in-person worship. Remember that now, as always, you are loved.